Welcome to the Dime Podcast, where we share our two cents about five questions to help simplify your business so you can focus on your mission. And today we are talking about structuring your organization legally. I'm Neil Smith, your host, and I'm joined by founder and CEO of Dime, Ben Habeck. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And so, Ben, as we talk about how to how you set up an organization and get it structured legally, I'm curious, what's the first organization you ever set up legally? The the first <laughs> the first organization I ever set up legally was myself. Yes, I'm being honest. What does that mean? Well, when I was uh, about ten years old, maybe eleven. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I would mow yards okay. and I couldn't start the lawnmower and I actually wasn't tall enough to push from the bar at the top. I had to yeah. push it from the, the smaller bar, but yeah. we would ride our bikes and pull a lawnmower behind our bikes and people would pay us, you know, a few dollars to mow That's their yard. That's really the, the first quote unquote organization I set but up. Legally, did you like set up a bank account for that business? Or? Well, not really. Okay. Um, that, or legally. So I'll, so I'll tell you my, my yeah, first yeah. legal. Cause I, I remember in elementary school, I sold candy bars, you know, and then I think I advanced like baseball cards in high school and did the, did the lawn mowing. I think yeah. I actually used lawn mowing to buy a pack of baseball cards or like a box of packs of baseball cards. Yeah. I sold those out of my locker. But I, when I was in, in college, or right out of college, I started a business with a friend of mine called Entertaining Angels, and we did artist management, um, oh, wow. and we represented two worship bands. I think we made a grand total of $150 in our business, um, and went to, went to Wells Fargo and started a bank account and went bought a little book on like starting a business for dummies. That time. was my first official business, and... $150. I remember we shut down the business and we split the 150 bucks. That's great. Um, it was not great. Um, so it was a learning process. I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, I've done, I did all that stuff yeah. too, but yeah. the first actual legal entity I set up yeah. is a legal entity called PS20, PS20 Inc. Okay. And, uh, it was in 2004. Okay. And, uh, the company provided practical solutions in the okay. area of printing and shipping and marketing materials. So PS stood for printing and shipping? It stood for practical solutions. Practical solutions. And we had 20 oh. solutions we provided. Nice. And interestingly enough... It's not that different from what you do today. It is still the legal entity underneath Dime. No way. Yeah. That's a great story. So in New York, PS is for public school. I so know. All public schools are PS. Yes. Whatever number. Yes. Uh, so my kids go to a PS. Interesting story. Yeah. So let's let's talk about how an organization says, should set up their their entity from a legal perspective. Where does a nonprofit or a church uh, or not you know a nonprofit organization in general where do they begin when it comes to establishing themselves as an organization legally? That's a great question. So uh, let's first differentiate between a church and a nonprofit yes. because okay. churches and nonprofits are two very, very different things. Okay. Um, a nonprofit is usually registered 501c3 type organization. Yep. Um, they then have to do a tax return and um, they have all these kind of legal implications, board of directors, program monies have to be spent for programs and things like that. Yep. Um, a church is very different. There is still this concept of separation of church and state. Yes. Uh, and if you think of specific, uh, all the different church denominations out there, uh, like Mennonite or, uh, you know, some of these very conservative denominations, yep. um, 
you know, they don't have any legal entities. Yep. So part of their belief is that we we are completely separate from the yeah, from the state. So look at yeah. think of an Amish organization, you know, church, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, they don't have electricity oftentimes. So uh, to require them to set up a legal entity would not work. They just they wouldn't do it. Interesting. Um, so churches legally aren't required to set up a five hundred one c three. Okay. And they're legally not even required to file a tax return. Okay. So even most churches that that do register as a 501c3 yes they don't file a tax return wow so there's so we have to first start are yeah. you a nonprofit? yeah or are you a church because if you're That's a church you really need to have yeah. a lot of uh discussions around whether you want to file as a 501c3 yeah. and then whether or not you want to uh you know set up a or complete a tax return um furthermore what what a lot of churches do if they're going to try to get grants or things like that yes uh, most organizations won't give you a grant unless you're registered 501c3 okay so a lot of churches will say we're going to set up an entity that's like a registered 501c3 yes and that's going to be to receive grants and then a subordinate organization underneath that would be our church or maybe the organization at the top would be the church and we'll set up a subordinate as the 501c3 and then we'll receive grants here and operate as a church up here so it kind of keeps the world separated yes so it gets complicated pretty quickly is what, I, what I'm hearing. Most people think a church is a nonprofit. And yes. It's, it's really not. It's, yes. It doesn't even have to be a legal entity. Wow. Wow. I, I, I spent more than a decade working for a church, and I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah. that, that is news to me. Um, it is. It's, I think there's no doubt that the legal side of business is just complicated. There, the, I think there's no way around that. Let's shift to the business side of it. When I hear about setting up a business, there are things like an LLC and a C-Corp. Can you talk a little bit about the difference uh, for business owners or people starting a business in, in those different entities or structures? Yeah, that, that gets a little complicated, too. All of this legal stuff is very complicated. Yeah. So um, the, the first thing I would say is uh, there, there are lots of different entity types mm-hmm. that you can, you can form as. Um, and the, the reality is there's two worlds when you're starting an organization. Okay. There's the legal side of things, and then there's the tax side of things. Yep. And most of the time, lawyers will know enough about tax to kind of advise you on the legal entity, or accountants will know enough about the legal side of things. Yep. It, if, you had your, if I had my magic wand and I was starting an, org- an organization, I would hire a lawyer, yes. and I would hire a CPA, yes. and I would say, okay, you two get together yes. and discuss how I should be formed. Yes. Um, so, for example, if you are a freelancer, there's lots of freelancers. It's kind of the big thing to do these yep. days is to go out and do freelance work. Yep. Um, you, as a freelancer, are uh, a legal entity. Yep. It's kind of my story of pushing the lawnmower yep. around and mowing grass as a young yep. kid. Yep. I was a legal entity, technically. Yep. Um, so when I do... Uh, when I do work for somebody, yep. they're going to expect me to function like a business. Yep. When I do my tax return, all the money that I make as a sole proprietor, as an individual, is going to go on my personal tax return yep. on what's called Schedule C. Okay. The problem is I don't have very much legal protection. Yep. So if I do something wrong, most of that stuff will fall on me personally. Okay. So a lot of people say, well, I want to set up an LLC. Yep. To have a separate legal entity, okay. Um, so they go set up an LLC, and then they can get things like insurance under the LLC yep. and things like that. Yes, the LLC can file their taxes 
many different ways. Yep. They can. Most people will still continue to file just like they're a sole proprietor, an individual. Yep. Schedule C on their on their personal tax return. Some people will file as a partnership if they have other partners under their LLC. Okay. And that's a completely different tax return. Yep. Um, and then other people will do what's called a, an S corporation yep. where they're set up legally as an LLC, okay. but they file their taxes like they're a corporation. Okay. And when you do that, there's lots of sort of administrative things that you have to change and yep. um, you know do throughout the year to file your taxes as a corporation. Um, and then really the third way that you can set yourself up as, as a corporation. Okay. And when you do that, you can then file your taxes a couple different ways as well. Okay. You can file as an S corp or a C corp. Yeah. Um, but again, it all depends on, you know, how many people are involved on the front yeah. end. Is yeah. it just you or are you going to try to go out and sell stock and sure. get a bunch of shareholders? Sure. Um, are you planning to get debt? Yep. How much money are you planning to earn in profits? Yep. If you earn over $50,000 a year in profits, uh, you may want to file your taxes as though you're a corporation. It'll okay. save you some money. And okay. uh, the whole point of an S corporation is save some tax dollars. It's really complicated. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say the first thing I would do is hire a lawyer okay. and a CPA yes. and let them advise you independently yes. on how you would set, how they you know would recommend you set it up. And if you're already set up and you feel like you don't have the right structure, can that change or what, how, how do you change that, that structure? It's, it can change. Sometimes it's easier to start over. Okay. Um, sometimes it's easier. We have this a lot with people that go online and set up a, an, an entity using yep. one of these online services, sure. or they just go and kind of fumble through the paperwork themselves. Yep. Yep. Um, there, there really needs to be a lot of strategy around the entity type okay. that you're setting up yep. and how you want to file your taxes yes. um, before you go do that. So we have it happen a lot mm-hmm. where people come and they say, oh, I used this online service and they set it up and we're like, may not have been the best setup. So let's go ahead and shut that down. Let's start a new entity as an LLC, filing as an S Corp or whatever. Um, But, you know, it's sometimes easier to close it down and start over than it is to change. That makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Let's let's talk about the practical side of documentation. So I I remember when I started entertaining angels back (laughs) back in the day, I had to go, I remember I went to the bank and they said, here's the paperwork you need to do to start your, it was a partnership at the time, and I had to get a bunch of paperwork. What, what is, what are the, what's the documentation somebody needs to make sure we're, we're legitimate uh, as, as a nonprofit or as a, as a company? Where do, you, where do you get that? Where do you go? What do you, what do you need? Yep. So there's two, uh, there's really two, and, and actually more, but two main worlds that you have to file paperwork in. The yeah. first is with the federal government. Okay. Um, so you have to register with the IRS and they yep. give you a tax ID number yeah. or EIN. Yes. Um, and that's sort of, if you want to be a legal entity, you have yeah. to have a tax ID number. You can then pay employees. You can hire in, uh, contractors underneath yep. you. You can open a bank account, that sort of thing. So first thing you really need to do is get a tax ID number. Okay. And that's with the federal government. Okay. And then you go to your state. And every state is a little bit different. In Georgia, yep. we call it the Secretary of State. Yep. Uh, so you go to the Secretary of State. And uh, you sign up as a as a organization within your state, okay. and that's really where uh, some some lawyers like to do that first because that's where you you pick your name. Yep. And if the state the state's the one that determines whether or not you can use that name, yes. so 
we're, our company name is Dime. So yeah. when we go register with the state, they may say, oh, there's somebody else out there with the name Dime. Yes. So you can't use that. You have to pick Dime 2 or Dime yeah. something else. Um, so some people like to do that first and then go register with the IRS. But ultimately, you have to register with the state and with uh, with the federal government. Okay. Um, and then below that, there's every, again, every state's different. So yep. there's the Department of Revenue that you have to register with. There's the Department of Labor that you have to register with. Um, the, the local city, you'll have to uh, get a business license with the city in which you reside. Most, yep. most local uh, municipalities require that as well. Yes. Um, so most accountants or CPAs uh, or even lawyers will help you with the federal and the state stuff. Yes. Uh, but then they don't really help much with the business licenses and things like that. That's where yes. it gets more complicated and uh, localized, and it's just hard to advise on that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So so for an entrepreneur or a church planner, a nonprofit leader who's thinking about starting one, they might be hitting a wall right now in the podcast saying. It just feels like too much work to even get something started organizationally. What would be your encouragement for, or, or would you even say, yeah, it is a lot of work and you just have to deal with it. What, what would be that encouragement to the, those leaders? It, it is a lot of work. Yeah. So hire a lawyer, yeah. hire an accountant, yeah. first and foremost, yeah. especially if you're starting a church. Yeah. Um, you don't want to try to file for a uh, 501c3 or any of that stuff right. um, by yourself. It's just very complicated. Yes. So don't do that. If you're a small business um, and you're just getting started and you're doing freelance work, start as a as a sole proprietor. Yes. Just get yourself going. Get some revenue in the door. Yes. Uh, maybe for six months and then go hire a lawyer. Yep. Um, but ultimately, don't try to do this stuff yourself. Yep. Um, yep. This, this is like... Uh, the foundation for everything that you do. Yeah. So you want to do it right on the front yes. end. Yes. Um, like I said, it's it's hard to change down the road. Yep. And oftentimes it's shut it down and start over. Yep. Um, so do it right on the front end. Yep. And there's there's these services out there online. Uh, we've all heard of them that will charge yep. you you know yep. four hundred dollars or whatever to set up your legal entity. Yep. Uh, that's fine if you are looking for. If you already know what you need to do, okay. But if you're not quite sure, yes. Then spend six hundred dollars and hire a lawyer. Yes. Lawyers aren't going to charge you thousands and thousands of dollars to set up a legal entity. Yep. They're going to charge you six hundred bucks on yep. the high end. Yep. To do that. Yep. Um, and they'll set up your legal entity for you. Um, then, so there's this other thing. Then, when you set up a legal entity, okay. it's called your operating agreement. Yep. Uh, if you're an LLC or shareholder agreement, if you're a corporation, okay, that's where it gets expensive. Okay, and it, you don't really need one of those unless you have multiple partners. Yep. If it's just you going to set up an entity, hire a lawyer, pay them six hundred dollars. Yep. If it's you and a buddy that's going to set up an entity, spend a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars and hire a lawyer to set up the legal entity and to do your operating agreement or your shareholder agreement for you. Yep. Because that is really the contract by which partners function and how they work together. Yeah. Interesting. So highly so important. What what I'm kind of hearing is it's it's critically important. You probably need help and, and if you don't have the resources to even pay for those services, you might not be ready to start a nonprofit or a business. You might be better just waiting until exactly. you are ready um, instead of just, you know, I got 50 bucks and I want to start something. 
uh, you need more than an idea and 50 bucks probably to really set, set up a legitimate organization. Yeah, and, and specifically in the church world, um, but the, the small business world as well, um, I would say to anybody that's starting an organization, the very first thing you should do, and I've talked about this in these podcasts before, but the very first thing um, that you should do is really cast a vision. Yeah. What do you want to do? Yep. You know, or what are you going to do? Yep. Um, how are you going to do it? Yep. Who's going to do it with you? Yep. How much is it going to cost and how much are you going to charge? Those are really the, the questions, the, the, the foundation of, yep. you know, building a business plan. So yep. spend your time working on those things yep. and then hire a lawyer or somebody to help you set up yep. the legal entities. But yep. spend your time, especially on the church side of things, yep. you know, why are you starting this church and what are you going to do? Yep. Uh, you know, and how, what's your philosophy of ministry, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, and then the lawyers can take that business plan, if you will, and help, you know, f- set up your legal documents because with yep. churches, they have a constitution, right. you know, so right. they can use that vision document and that business plan that you build as a church. Yep. Um, to, to help build out your, your constitution then. Yeah, interesting. So what, it, one of the things that every, I say every nonprofit organizations set up as a board, uh, and a lot of for-profit organizations also set up a board. Can you talk a little bit about why a board exists, why, why it is necessary on the nonprofit side, uh, and just some lessons learned? Because I feel like one of the pain points I've heard, especially from nonprofit friends, when it comes to fallout, is not their organizational structure, it's their board mm-hmm. was not set up effectively. What, what should people be thinking about when they're, when they're setting up a board? Yeah, so the the board of directors, so let's talk about a nonprofit yeah. and a church. Okay. Um, they're really required to have a board of directors. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to, if you're a nonprofit, you sort of have to list those those yeah. people on your tax return, that sort of thing. Right. Um, uh, in a, a church, even if they don't do a tax return, they really need to have a board of directors. Right. Um, so in, in that world... Uh, a lot of people, and I see it all the time, they go find their, their closest friends sure. and I'm starting a church or I'm starting a nonprofit yeah. and will you yeah. be on my board? You're a good yeah. friend of mine, whatever. Yeah. Um, what I would look for, uh, it, well, and then let's talk about the small business. Yeah. Yeah. So in the small business side of things, um, you know, I own, I own Dime. Yes. And so uh, I have to if I hire a board, I have no requirement to hire a board or right. to bring a board in. Right. Um, when I do that, or if I bring a board in, or mm-hmm. when I brought a board in, yeah. it's really to for them to hold me accountable because okay. nobody's holding me accountable. I'm yep. sort of at the top of the yeah. totem pole. And yeah. at the end of the day, I want accountability. I want mm-hmm. somebody to, to hold me accountable to spending, to hiring, to you know big decisions, these yep. sort of things. So. Yeah. Ultimately, you should look at your board then and say, okay, these are the things that I, as a CEO or the senior pastor or whatever, executive yeah. director, these are what the things that I'm responsible for. Yep. Now, who do I want to hold me accountable to those things? Yeah. So you may say, I want somebody that's very good on in technology, yep. or I want somebody that's very, you know, a great spiritual leader and somebody sure. that's highly respected in the church community. Yep. Um, you know, and build a, a diverse board yep. of accountability partners for you, mm-hmm. people that you highly respect, yep. uh, you know, that may go across multiple industries or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, bring those people on to advise you. And I, I think small businesses don't do this enough. Yeah. When I, when I first started, I hired, I, I asked a guy if he would hold me accountable to spending. Yeah. I said, anything that's over $500, I want to just ask you if it's okay for me to buy. Yeah. And he thought I was kidding. 
but I wanted to buy an office chair one time and it was 600 bucks. Yes. And I called yes. him up and I said, Hey, I want to buy a $600 office chair. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. He said, go buy your office chair. <laughs> but for me, it was like, I needed somebody to hold me accountable yeah. to that. Cause I didn't want anybody to say you're living too high or you're spending too much money. I want yeah. to be able to say, well, this guy over here is holding me accountable to my spending. So it's not just me. It's us. And most people, I say that, I could be wrong. When you start a business, a lot of times you want you want to get away from having a boss, but you're basically saying, no, you need to create accountability, almost like a boss for yourself, even though it's not required, It's a, it, there's value to it. Yeah, it's just a good practice. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. Well, as we wrap up, Ben, the, the last question I hear is around organizational structure and, and revisiting that structure. And so if you have a board or you have your legal documents, how often should you revisit maybe adjusting the board or adjusting your legal documentation as an organization? Yeah, so, so those are probably two different questions. Okay. If you're looking at your board of directors, yeah. you know your, your constitution or your legal documents are, will sort of decide how frequently you need to move people on and off your board. Okay. Um, so in the nonprofit space, it's really just a board of directors. In the church space, yeah. depending on your denomination, there may be an elder board or a yeah. council or yeah. you know a business team or something sure. like that. So those documents will really determine you know how frequently people yeah. should be moved off okay. the board. And is there maybe before you jump into the other part, is there a best practice that you've seen of this is too large of a board or small of a board and how often they should roll off or is it depend organization. I think I think that denominations oftentimes to determine, you know, determine what your board should be. It's okay. you know, it's four men in okay. this category or whatever, yeah. you know, three people. Yeah. You know, oftentimes the denomination in the church space will sort of determine what okay. that should be. Okay. Um, but as a as a small business owner, I would look at three people. Okay. You know, um, those three people it, 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 it's it's better than five, <laughs> okay. But you should have an odd number, so yeah. there's kind of an extra yeah. vote there, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um, but uh, you and know, do have, you sit on your own board, or you bring in outside all outside people. So there's a, it's a whole that's a whole topic okay. in and of itself. Okay. But no, I wouldn't. So as a small business owner, yeah. Um, I want people to hold me accountable. Yeah. So for me, it's more of an advisory board or yeah. more of a an accountability board. Yeah. Uh, and less of a board of directors. I don't okay. really need these people people to make decisions, yep. um, and I don't need them to be active in the day to day organization. Yep. I really need people to hold me accountable. Yep. Um, so those people are advising me, yep. and if I don't listen to them, then I don't respect them. Yes. Right. So I want to hire people or bring people in that I highly respect. Yep. Um, and when they say something, I want to I want to. Yeah. do what they say. And if Absolutely. the three of them say it at the same time, then they're most likely right. Yeah. Um, so as a small business, it's probably more of an accountability or advisory board yeah. than it is a board of directors. Yeah. And the, in the church or nonprofit space, the board of directors is usually tasked with hiring the senior pastor yeah. or hiring the executive director and even setting their compensation or their salary. Yes. Um, so they act- actually have decision-making authority yes. in the organization. So they should be rotated off and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, so the when it comes to revisiting your legal documents, that should be done every year. Yep. And I know a lot of people, they go sign up and, uh, you know, use one of these online services and get their legal documents in the mail and they put them in that fancy black book or one company has a big red book. Um, I think the technical name of that book is really the black book. Okay. Uh, and they put it on the shelf and they say, okay, we're a legal entity. Yes. Um, and then the state usually in March requires you to re-register with the state and your local 
city or whatever will re- require you annually to re-register with them. Yep. Uh, but with the federal government, it's when you do your tax return, you register right. with them. Right. So you're registering every year when you do your tax yep. return. Yep. So most people think, well, I did all those things. I don't have to look at my legal documents. Yep. Um, but you really should have somebody, if you're a corporation, you need yep. to have annual meeting minutes okay. regardless. Yep. So hire a lawyer, spend $200 every year, yep. have them give you a quick you know, overview of what's changed in your organization, anybody else involved. If yes. no, here's your annual meeting minutes. Let's move on. Yep. If yes, let's revise the documents and make sure we're up to date. Yep. It happens so, so, so frequently where I get called. I got a text yesterday from somebody, no kidding, yep. yeah. that said, hey, we forgot to do this and yep. now we're trying to do that. And yep. what are we supposed to do? And now it costs a whole bunch more money to go back three years yep. and fix things over the, you know, three year period yeah. than it is just to every year, spend the $200, just make it part of your budget to do that. Yes. Yes. Very good. Well, Ben, thanks so much for this incredible advice. If you have any questions about setting up your organization or how you're structured, don't hesitate to reach out to us at simpledine.com and just go to the contact page, uh, reach out and we would love to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you would leave a rating and a review wherever it is uh, that you're listening. Thanks for listening.